This is the Design Direction Podcast, providing direction for business, design, and the pursuit of joy. Real talk for creatives. And now your host, Stacy Thompson. Hello, I'm excited for episode three of the Design Direction Podcast. In this episode, we are picking the creative brain of a supremely talented artist. I personally own four pieces by this artist and I have used her fabulous pieces in show houses and clients' homes for many years. I am happy to introduce you to Wendy Franklin, a creative that really can do it all when it comes to the mediums she uses to create. Her specialty is most definitely her fiber art, where she uses a centuries-old technique which involves the intricate layering of individual fibers of wool and silk to create amazingly colorful abstract pieces. Wendy also has developed a technique of wrapping her fiber on metal bars called her Bar Collective. Wendy has recently been working with oils on canvas, translating her colorful, happy style into a different medium, which I absolutely love. I have invited Wendy Franklin on the show to chat about how her world has changed as an artist, working from a home studio, and trying to keep the creativity flowing without her normal process. Being a creative myself, I know how challenging that can be when your thought process and routine has been completely disrupted, especially while managing the unknowns. I'm delighted to have Winnie on the show, and I hope that you find great insight into the creative mind of an artist and how to manage to stay inspired when life gets a little rocky. So, Wendy, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. So the first uh, topic question is um, about how this has affected um, your art world. And um, I know that in the interior design business, our, um, our world's definitely been affected by this. Um, but I'm interested to hear from an artist's perspective how this has affected your industry. Well, I think that the impact on the artist industry is different from several in that we derive our sales for the year, typically through a few big, big rocks of either shows, openings, um, different events. So although there's funds that come trickling through from other avenues as well, a lot of that is primarily uh, focused around specific events that are, are date specific. So right now to have all those dates falling like dominoes, it's not um, it's not a good situation in that we're missing those opportunities to, to be making the majority of our sales for the year. Um, you know, if we had maybe six events in a year and then, you know, some artists are seeing three or four of those canceled already so it's it's a pretty big impact from a sales standpoint sure yeah absolutely i mean if you can't get in front of your customer that makes it really difficult and um your customer enjoys going to those events you know they they want to be there and see the artists and talk to the artists and it's really hard when you can't do that exactly i mean there's you just can't recreate the the excitement of an event and being able to talk to people, you know, typically there's just a lot of atmosphere that goes with that buying experience. You're dressed up, you're drinking wine, you're showing the art in a really good, um, 
specific way, um, good lighting, good uh, energy, and all that kind of comes together um, to make those sales happen. And it's not that you can't do those in other ways, but that's a really good way to capture your buyer, um, either for a um, current sale or for future sales. Sure. Yeah. Just getting that connection. I think that's the hardest thing right now is that we're lacking that connection. So, you know, if you are able to be in front of that buyer and connecting with them and your art already speaks to them because they see it visually and they can say, oh, I'm really attracted to this. But on top of that, I'm able to actually talk to the artist. That brings a whole nother level of connection. Right. Yeah, it's as much the art as it is the person behind the art or the person selling the art. I sell a lot of work through galleries. So I'm not specifically there, but I'm very careful in those gallery relationships to choose galleries that are in keeping with my personality and will be good a good representation. Yeah, absolutely. So in talking about galleries, how are they handling this situation um obviously they're not open so have you talked to the gallery owners what's their perspective on this my galleries so far have been just they've just been tremendous in their marketing i mean they are pumping up their marketing and um doing virtual shows um people are sometimes open for appointments it depends on the state um so they've done a just a tremendous job of stepping things up from a marketing standpoint and trying to fill that, fill that void, That's which great. is nice. Yeah. Comforting to know that you have other people out there in the big world who are as invested in you selling art as you are. Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously it impacts, impacts their business as well. So they want to support the artists that they have. Um, and make sure that they're doing everything that they can to get the word out. And that's great to have that support system. So I think it's really helpful for an artist to be connected to galleries in times like this. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's been an unexpected bonus to me, for sure. It's um, Every couple of days, it seems like there will be something that I see from one of my galleries that where they're where I just shake my head and think I am so lucky to be partnered with these people because galleries are, I mean, they're definitely a partnership. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great to know, you know, just from an artist perspective that if, you know, somebody hasn't ventured into, you know, galleries or, or talked to galleries about featuring their work, you know, this may be something for the future to really think about that, you know, they are there to support you in times like this. So that's great. Um, We've found that with our vendors as well in the interior design industry. Uh, They are going above and beyond. The sales reps are, you know, reaching out constantly, making sure that we have everything that we need, um, making sure they can answer questions, get us samples, do, you know, do whatever they need to do. Um, You know, a lot of them are are doing virtual basically showings of their new product. So that's been helpful so that we can still stay up on everything and make sure that we have all the latest and greatest information from them. So um, that's been really helpful. So I think it's, it's great when you see these partnerships and you see it working 
and you understand, maybe you take it for granted in normal times, but in times like this, you understand the importance of it. It's very important. And it's interesting to see how that gap has been filled and filled in so quickly. And part of that is inherent with the fact that we're not going to our office anymore, right? right? There, there's some more free time happening and, and people seem to be filling that, filling that void well, um, and doing everything they can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you found it difficult on the creativity side to maintain that creativity, the inspiration, um, what has inspired you? Do you feel motivated to create every day? Um, is it a hit or miss situation? <laughs> it, it has been a real chore. Yeah. I am I am super, super active in pursuing my creativity. I read a lot about it. I'm very, very deliberate. I don't leave it to chance. I don't think, oh, I need to be inspired today. I am actively all the time finding new ideas, looking at things, pulling from just the world around me to stay motivated. I had to do that, um, I don't know, maybe it was a year and a half ago. I just started getting really busy and I realized how important that is because you don't have the luxury when you're busy to just sit back and wait till something amazing happens. You know, I was mm-hmm. on deadlines, doing a lot of commissions. So unfortunately, so that's all really good. You know, I was deliberate, I was disciplined, all that, all that good stuff. However, um, the, the big fall through on that is that I derive all of my creativity from being out and about. I travel a lot. I go do things. I have drive time. I purposely schedule trips to Chicago just so I'll have that six glorious hours in the car where I can just think. I'll do, you know, concerts, things like that. All those things that I know will just click, 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 and my brain will be parallel activity, right? And my brain will just start lighting up with ideas and things that I've tried to work out in my head are suddenly crystal clear. And then I can just go into my studio and make things happen. Yeah. So to be stuck at home, you know, there's only so much you can get from a trip to the grocery store, right? <laughs> right. So Ben, it's been tough. I've, I'm using my Pinterest boards. I'm using old photos from trips that I've gone on, but it's, it's a real stretch. Um, It's a real stretch creatively speaking, probably because all my crutches for that were so very much tethered in me being out and about and just absorbing everything right you know i can look at the back of a semi truck and there's some kind of like oil spill down the grate or something and i can look at that and think oh my gosh that's perfect i am so gonna go, you know integrate that in some way but there's there's just <laughs> nothing 
<laughs> right. <laughs> nothing. My house is really boring. Yeah. There's just nothing right now for that. So I'm trying to piece it together. I'm a, I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to wake up one day and I'm going to just be able to tag everything that was coronavirus pieces, you know, that like right now I think they're okay. But right. later I'm going to look at them and think, oh my gosh, those are all awful. Um, I'll be able to date them by um, <laughs> March to 20, 2020 through whenever, whenever. this ends right. as, as being its own body of work. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, as a, a creative person myself and in a, in a different way, it's, it is difficult. And we all go through those times where we get blocked you know we just we just can't get through it there's you know whether it's a a short block a long block um there may be times where you just say I'm just hitting a wall and I I can't get through it and you need to take that break and you need to go do something or you need to you know release your mind in some way and um and it's different for everybody but I think that that is really hard and this current situation because there aren't places where you can go and, you know, oh, I just need to go and hike or I need to go and sit and, you know, I want to go to, um, you know, like you said, to a a place that's interesting like Chicago or, you know, wherever, Um, just to unblock your mind. And the fact that you can't do that is, (laughs) it's really hard. Um, It's hard to stay motivated and focused on you know being creative and I know for me whenever I try to force myself to do that it never works so you know you have to try to give yourself some space mentally I think to be able to open your mind to something and um, your your thoughts you know going in the right direction (laughs) is so it's so important you know people talk about needing change of scenery no matter what the circumstances i just need a change of scenery but you really do your brain needs that your creative brain needs that and needs the silence too you know there's just not a lot of there's not a lot of um uh i can't think of the right word there's not a lot of just peaceful silence right 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 now right quiet in the house but still in your brain you're thinking oh my gosh I'm stuck in this house right and you know beyond that just the information overload of everything that's going on in the world and you know trying not to take all of that in internally and um, have the anxiety over all of that and the stress from that I mean all of those things are definitely not good for creativity so you know that's a challenge for sure and you know I think that it's it's hard when you have that mindset of being a creative to be able to explain that that you that there's a part of you that just has to do your process whatever that is in order for you to get really good results and um that's hard for, for people, I think, to understand who maybe aren't in the creative world. Yes, I agree. It's a very different way of working. It's a very different way of thinking. It is. Yeah. Um, going to the business side of things, um, 
have you implemented any changes during this time to pivot, maybe readjust your business model, readjust your thinking in terms of how you're able to get in front of your buyers, how you're able to market to people virtually? Um, any thoughts, you know, through that process? I have been working since probably December of last year on a a more affordable line of work, which I was doing for entirely different reasons than this. Although now it seems like that was probably not wasted time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm continuing to see that through um, some smaller pieces, more affordable, um, the very happy line of work. So I think that will be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really changing a lot. I feel like I've been, I've been working things hard in a variety of different, I've got my eggs in a lot of different baskets. And I think that that helps me right now. Sure. So, um, I, I would like to be able to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing all these great, um, newsletters or I'm starting a podcast, something <laughs> like that, but um, it's not really the time for like my gallery standpoint for me to be, or my client standpoint, it doesn't feel like the right time to be hitting everybody up for a sale. Sure. So my, my response to that or my direction to that is, um, to go back to the basics and it will always be the basic for me, which is, um, produce. Yeah. Just create. Yeah, it goes, mm-hmm. goes back to creating. If you don't have it to sell, then you don't you don't have it to sell. Right. So I'm producing, um, trying to work really hard on that. I'm not super productive right now, just like what we talked about with mm-hmm. the creativity. But I'm trying to do some some lighter pieces that don't require as much of me. They won't require as many dollars to buy. And, and right now that's, that's feeling good to me to be doing something along those lines. Right. Every now and then I'll work on a, on a bigger, more elaborate piece, but I really have to be in the right frame of mind to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it is a tough line to walk with, the communication with your buyers, with your clients um, right now, because it you don't want to obviously overwhelm people, bombard people with um, information. You don't want to, um, you know, like you said, feel like you're pitching or you're, you know, selling. Um, and it's, you know, not, I, I think the line to walk is to not go that direction, but to really maybe just be present with them and be informative. I, I think that that's really the the best approach, giving them maybe, you know, just a touch base type of communication, um, doing things like that, where reaching out and just maybe seeing how they're doing and, um, you know, contacting them in that way, more of on a personal level. And that's, I know what I've been doing um with 
both clients that I'm currently working with through this whole process, as well as clients who put their projects on hold because of this process. Um, I'm just reaching out, you know, on occasion and just, you know, how are you guys doing? What's going on in your world? What's, you know, what's happening? Um, This is what's going on in my world. This is what's happening with me. And really just being present with them. And, um, and again, going back to that connection, you know, just connecting. That's uh, how I've been approaching it. And, um, you know, it's not that, you know, I, I genuinely care about my clients and their families and what's going on. So it's not something that's, you know, forced or, or planned or anything like that. It's just that, hey, I want to reach out and see how you're doing. Right. Yeah, that's that makes perfect sense to me. I, I think I've I probably have opened up a little bit more on the connection part is like on my social media, uh, a little bit more on maybe what the inspiration for yeah. a piece was or a little bit more of a glimpse. Um, part of that's intentional. Part of it's just probably my need for human interaction, right, you know, right. I'm, everybody wants to like go out and chat up the UPS man right now, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we're just that bored and lonely. Right. Right. (laughs) So um, I've been trying to, to make things a little bit more um, elaborate, I guess, on detailed on why I'm doing what I'm doing and things like that from like a social media standpoint. Right. And I think just um, the stories behind what you're creating, you know, and, and, why you're doing that and what did inspire you for you know those pieces and um and maybe even the the stories of people who have purchased your pieces and maybe why they did um those sort of things i think will resonate with people on a different level and i think that they're always going to love the visuals but i think from a connection standpoint from a personal standpoint they may be surprised by you know what the inspiration was behind a certain piece or um you know what you were going through at the moment that you created it those sort of things so yeah, yeah. Well, we're always a little bit of a mystery to the normal people <laughs> right as, 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 right so um it it does help explain explain a little bit more right yeah yeah Definitely. Um, do you find that what you're creating right now is influenced by your feelings each day? I don't, I don't really think, I, I'm not sure that I'm changing my overall look mm-hmm. because when I go into paint, I'm happy. Yeah, it's I'm where you want to be. Happy when I go into when I go into paint, so sure. I don't really have an equation where like, oh, I'm having a really rotten day, right? And here I am painting this depressing picture. Right. I don't do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, if I'm if I'm painting, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy to be in there. I'm happy to be standing in front of the easel. It's all encompassing in my head. I can lose. I can lose 30 minutes. I can lose three hours. I can lose you know, a day if people would let me. Um, so I don't really think that my, what I'm creating is that much 
is is seeing the effect of the static okay. in my head, sure. it, except for this fact that I'm just having a little more trouble coming up with brilliant ideas before right. I walk before I walk in there. Um, but I'm happy when I paint. I'm happy when I do art. Yeah, uh, and all the other stuff kind of really fades into the background. And for that, I'm super thankful. Absolutely. I'm super thankful to have something that's that consuming of my, of my mind and body and soul that I can, I can walk away and just, and be in that place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really your really escape. Because I don't do depressing art. But <laughs> right, right. It's working for me right now. Right, right. No, no, I love it. It's, it's who you are. And that's who you're, you know, where your mind goes when you're creating. So, you know, that's a fabulous escape from everything that's going on. So, right. yeah, keep it up. <laughs> My happy place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how have you personally managed the ups and downs of this crisis? And do you have any tips to give to others on, you know, what you maybe have done to stay positive in these times or just, you know, manage in general? I definitely have my highs and lows every day. I mean, those can come <laughs> rapid fire some days. <laughs> a little more stable than normal. Um, I, I have cried in the grocery store. Uh, that was yesterday. It had something <laughs> to do with um, I think it has something to do with thin spaghetti, but, um, you know, the, the strangest things will just set me off the strangest reminders that I, I'm just basically that I miss my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I liked my life, you know, I liked my gypsy artist lifestyle. And so it, it, I'm mourning that a little bit, Sure. um, maybe more than a little bit, but I try I try every day to have something to look forward to, whatever that may be. And I try every day to um, do something very well. Yeah. And and that was advice that was given to me years ago from a friend. And it, it was the best advice of my life is when you're struggling to make sure you do at least one thing really well every day. And sometimes, you know, some days that could be really a small thing. Right. That could be good eyeshadow or great <laughs> lip gloss. Um, and nobody's going to see you right now. Right. Um, but it is super important, I think, to to make sure that you do something really well every day. And it is important when you go to sleep at night to have something that you're looking forward to I used to always just I always had a deadline or yeah. something that was on the horizon so I'd wake up every morning and be like you know I had that I had that agenda I have lots of agenda I'm just a happier person when I'm busy um and it's not that I'm not busy right now I, I feel strangely busy strangely consumed with minutia right now but I miss I miss the happiness that and adrenaline that that real deal deadlines brought, especially in the month of April for us at yeah. Stutz yeah. building where my studio is, because this month um, I would work 
12, 14, 16 hour days down there dancing and singing and drinking beer at night and listening to country music and mm-hmm. making work. And it was fun. Yeah. And this will be my 10th year. So it's the culture of my March and April. Yeah. Totally. The culture of my March and April is just totally being completely immersed in art. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you do have a bit of a grieving process for those things that you're missing out on. And I know for me, that's the decorator show house and um, my March and April are consumed with decorator show house. That's what I do every March and April for 15 years. This is my 16th year. Um, It was really hard to walk away from that. And, um, you know, even, you know, my room is done. My room is completely finished. It's all sitting there, perfect and pristine. And, and no one's gonna see it. Um, It's, it's It's so hard. hard. It's so hard. And, um, you know, we're working through that process. And we're trying to figure out what's gonna happen. And, um, you know, originally, it was gonna be maybe July. And now it's maybe September. And, um, now we're talking about that maybe paired with some virtual options. And um, it's, you know, it's definitely going to be different. It's going to feel different. Um, if it does happen when, you know, we're able to actually tour it, um, even if it's later in the year, it's still going to feel different. It's not going to be the same feeling that we always had in the spring and everything's, you know, getting warmer and everything's coming out you know all the leaves are coming out and it's just so pretty and it's just going to be a different feel and um I'm sad for that you know it's it's one of those things that you look forward to every year and um you've been doing that for so long that it's just part of your process and it's it's sad (laughs) so I totally relate and there's there's such a joy to there's such a joy to it all even in the frustrations yes even though it's a ton of work even though sometimes you want to just scream or tear your hair out or i'm making like the fifth trip up and down three flights of steps <laughs> or something that's you know twice the size of me i still just really love it i yeah. love it so much i feel more alive during those two months of the year than any other time yeah and yeah. i totally boom. agree i know Gone. i know it's yeah and i think that especially after you've worked so hard, you know, there's that buildup to it. And you're working, you know, like you said, the long hours, and you're doing all of these things with the anticipation building that this event is going to happen. And it's worth it because that event's going to happen. And then when that doesn't happen, it's just this air let out of a balloon, you know, it's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I did all that work. But there's nothing, you know, to show. So it's, it's really hard. And I'm sure everybody is going through that in, you know, our situations where you have events that you've been planning for months and months and months and, and now it's not going to happen. So, yeah. yeah. Everybody has their version. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So who you are. no, no. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I think everybody's, kind of going through right now and um like I said I think it is truly a like a grieving process so 
you have to go through those stages unfortunately <laughs> um so i would just like to go through it at the grocery store yeah yeah <laughs> do you think that you'll make any changes to your creative process that will become like part of your new normal once this all gets back to some semblance of normal do you think you'll work more at home do you think you'll be like so excited to peel out of your driveway and go to the studio that you won't want to work at home anymore <laughs> i um yeah, i'm thinking about getting a studio three hours away so can i drive home again <laughs> i am fortunate I say that with a little trepidation. I am fortunate that in January, I set up an easel and a small setup. I did that because I was just kind of weary of the commute and I was looking forward to being able, and I was dealing with insomnia and I was looking forward to being able to waking up in the middle of the night and just being able to go down and paint rather than drive 30 minutes down yeah. to the studio. Yeah. So um, it spooked me a little bit that I can't, uh, our studio building is shut down. So I'm super, super happy that I had this setup. That's been what saved me. This saved my sanity and it saved my production, but it does give me a little bit of, um, just a little bit of a pause mm -hmm. that, if I have so much wrapped up into my business and I do um, with deadlines and, you know, moving pieces, it is, it is good to have a plan B in, in place. Um, even if it's not physically in place, a way that I can make, make adjustments and keep doing what I do, yeah. even if, even if things in the world, outside world, change. So I'm super, super thankful that I set up that room. You know, I there's some things I could have done after the fact, but I've got good lights in there. I have a nice, I just have a really nice setup. And I've been able to work on, um, I've been working on some couple diptychs that are 36 by 48s. Um, you know, so those essentially four foot by six foot pieces mm -hmm would have been a real they're a little bit of a challenge now yeah um but it's doable um it's doable even if i was out in my front yard on a ladder in slippers and half dressed <laughs> and popped up on the front porch the other day to do a photo shoot for a designer but it is it is doable so yeah. that goes back to just a general feeling in my head which is just the importance of diversifying your client base, being as flexible as you can possibly be so that you yeah. can weather whatever comes up. Right, right. And I think that's probably the biggest lesson in all of this is just to see where, maybe where the weaknesses lie and where you can improve you know, in the future and um, set yourself up for a situation that could work no matter what. And I think that's, um, that's really the, the key to that. And whether that's in, 
you know, like you said, your setup in your home or, um, you know, how you're actually able to produce or how you're actually able to photograph the work or, you know, whatever that is um, to be able to have that plan in action regardless of whether you have access to your studio or not and just trying to be as flexible as possible I think is the only thing that you can do in a situation like this so yeah I agree with that challenge because as creatives you know we can think of all sorts of ways to make those things work but also as creatives there's there's very much a need for that um that special space, mm-hmm. it, having things set up exactly how you like it to be set up. There are, at least for me, there are a lot of intangible things that have to be lined up just right so I can do my best work. Yeah. So it's not like you can just, oh, I'll move my, I'll move my laptop into the living room. It's, it's much more complicated than that because yeah. you also have to keep all those creative lines open when you're doing it. Right. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, you're, you're creative, but for me, I know I still have to have a routine. I still have to have, you know, the way that I do my creative process needs to be the same every time. And when you're outside of your norm outside of that comfort zone, it definitely makes it more difficult to get into that mindset of being creative. And, um, you know, you don't want to feel like everything's scattered, you know, 15 million places because it literally is in 15 million places. (laughs) So, um, So it's, you know, it's really hard. And I know that that's something that, you know, I'm working through too, is just managing everything that I did have to bring home and making sure like I know where those things are, uh, physical, you know, files, things that I have for my clients, samples, all of that, and um, trying to work through that and assemble it in a new process because um, we're so used to having our studio space and being able to work out of that and you know, have access to all of those materials and all of the finishes and the details that we, you know, work with all the time. So, um, so it's definitely been a challenge for sure for me. Yeah. It's like trying to serve a dinner party for 70 out of a hotel mini fridge. Right. Right. Yeah. Just a big change. It's a big change. It is. Um, would you have done anything differently had you known this was coming? I mean, it sounds like you kind of set yourself up in a really good way without even knowing that this was coming. <laughs> so <laughs> I I don't I don't it, it's all still so hard to grasp. Yeah. That I don't know what I would have done differently. We wouldn't have been able to see it coming. Yeah. I went through the first couple of weeks thinking, I'm doing this, but this is really kind of crazy. Yeah. Because obviously X isn't going to happen, only to have X, X happen, happen <laughs> the next row. I know. So I, it's just been one thing, one like blow after another. But I, I can't look back and think, about what I would have done yeah 
differently. I, I really have to stay. I really have to just give myself the grace that I've been working it hard for almost 10 years. Yeah. And I'm going to keep working it hard. And this may be a blip on the screen, but it, I mean, it is what it is. Right. Everybody's got their challenge right now. And some people are dealing with that better than others. And I don't know where I am on that, but I guess it depends on the day. Right. But overall, I just can't look at it and say, well, this would have made a huge difference if I had just done, done. whatever. Yeah. Right. I, I probably, the only thing that I would say that has um, entered my mind more than once is, I get lazy on collecting money and I never collect money on commissions half down beforehand. Cause I don't like having other people's money until they have their piece. Sure. I will probably change some of those business things Sure, and just be, I haven't gotten burned on that, but it's out there in my head a little bit more real yeah. right now that I could make a very big investment on my own and have something fall through. Yeah. And I probably need to protect myself better on those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's smart to be thinking of all of those things and, and rethinking how you do business and, um, you know, set your standards. You know, those are your standards, your policies. And, the great thing about being a business owner is that you have the power to set those. So I think, you know, going forward, absolutely. You know, I would look at all those things as well and, um, and say, you know, how is this working and how is this not working? And um, I don't want to be in a situation where, you know, I am behind because of something that I didn't do up front. So um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's always a good time for reflection on, on business practices. Yeah. We're in a good position to see how a worst case scenario might look. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause this absolutely. is it. <laughs> right. it. Yeah. I think we're in it right now. <laughs> so we're there. yeah. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about or touch on is, um, you know, art plays a really important role, I think, in society. And, and sometimes its influence is overlooked um, when it isn't readily available. It I feel like it becomes more evident that it's important. Like, I feel like if it's n not out there, then you miss it. Um, how do you think that art can play a role in kind of a, a healing process, like, through this whole thing? I mean... I I know for me I I crave it I need it it's something that I really love to experience and look at and um, you know be inspired by and I think that you know when your focus is on you know basically survival in this time um, people do lose sight of you know, the art and the artistry around them and um, so. I'm wondering, like, how do you think that it could, like, be more, you know, part of your forefront of your mind and uh, be more involved in your world right now? 
I love I love this question. This is probably my favorite question um, of all of them because it is really art does play a really important role in the world, and I'm a big believer in that. Um, in particular, I always think back to uh, the installations that I've done in healthcare yeah. situations, hospitals, yeah. in particular, um, and some of the stories that I've heard from people that have been in those places and just my own experience of having um, people in the hospital and appreciating that reprieve. Yeah. Even though, even though we're not in a hospital setting, we're sharing a lot of those same things right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a sterileness to life. There's a much more clinical, um, clinical atmosphere to everything, you know, you're putting on gloves or you're wearing a mask, you're missing out on people's expressions as you pass them in, you know, in the grocery store aisle, uh, you're missing that, you're missing that physical touch. I know my daughter is working on a COVID floor in Louisville and coming home in between her shifts so that we can take care of her here and she doesn't have to be going out. Um, but we've done these changes in our house yeah. to make sure that she's more isolated and, um, you know, we're doing the things like pouring her water. We've always scooped her ice cream, but, you know, those kinds of things for her, but but you don't get the hug. Yeah. And, and, and all that, all those, that physical touch. And that's probably one of the biggest things that happens in the hospital environment is that all of a sudden that human touch turns into a clinical probing invasive touch. And I think that's where art can help level that out. Because art speaks to people, it has, it holds um, emotions within it. I, I personally think a lot of what goes into a piece of art, from the artist to the art, relays to the viewer. Yeah, absolutely. My, my art pieces are happy, and, and I hear time and time again that they make people happy when they, when they see them. So I feel like I'm transferring that through my art. So I think it's I think it's more important than ever. Yeah. Um, to have to have that reprieve because a lot of what we're seeing right now isn't really all that pretty. Right. Uh, it's just it's not. So it it acts as as a break from all of that. Right. And I think even people that don't that don't feel like they respond to art. I believe those studies that show that they do. Yeah. You know, from a, from a healing standpoint, even mm-hmm. if you think you may not know anything about art, care anything about art, people have better outcomes when they're in a better atmosphere. Yeah. From absolutely. a health standpoint. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's super important. Yeah. And from the whole healthcare aspect, you know, it's been changing for a, a lot of years in terms of design. Um, to make healthcare feel like home, 
you know, feel mm-hmm. less like a sterile environment, less like a hospital, um, the hospitals of our past where it was just everything was white and sterile and cold and uninviting. And, and now they have changed their entire mindset because of the psychology behind all of that. And that if you are in the hospital, you could potentially be healing faster because you're in a, you know, great environment, a homey environment. Um, to look at the art on the wall in your hospital room that maybe gives you some happiness while you're healing, I think is so important. And, you know, the color of those walls and everything that's around you, um, the people who are working in the hospital, just making their world better. Um, you know, they're living stressful, stressful lives by caring for these patients. And to be able to have those healthcare workers in an environment that feels like home has to be so important, especially in a time like this. And it's not a far leap to take all of that and place it into your own home. Yes. Yes. We're all we're all stuck at home right now. Right. So what where are our priorities in our in our space? How the priorities of your space changed because you're there, you're working from home now, or you're home more, the kids are home more. How how are your surroundings affecting your mental health mm-hmm. day by day? I know I've got a piece um, done by April Willie, who's also in the Stutz building that's at the bottom of my stairs. And so every morning, that's like the first thing I see coming downstairs and it makes me happy every single day. I love that piece. It's so nuanced. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, And it's just a nice way to start the day. It's just, it's a beautiful piece. Yeah. So how can people make shifts in their own environment that will, will have that subtle, but, but important, effects on their day-to-day life. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, good, it's a good thing for people to think about. Yeah, it is. And I think that it's it's so apparent now as you are at home and both from a function standpoint and an aesthetic standpoint, just seeing how your home works for you and how it doesn't. You know, if there are spaces that make you depressed, make you sad, you hate looking at the space, then you got to do something about it because there's no reason to live in a home that makes you unhappy. There's just no reason for it. And, you know, whatever you have to do to get to that level of happiness, and if it's just painting the walls, if it's, you know, just changing a minor thing that makes you happy, then you should do it. Um, Because we shouldn't waste time on things that don't make us happy. So how many times in life do you do make that improvement? And then you think, Oh my oh, gosh. I wish I would have done that. I didn't do this sooner. <laughs> exactly. our, our family room, I hated our family room for probably close to a dec- decade. And it was just never the priority. It just wasn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. And then um, last summer, in a, it was just basically a fit of retail therapy when my son um, went to his duty station for the air force. And I was just so darn sad. And I redid that room in a flurry and I have been 
definitely happy during this because that's where I'm spending a lot of time and it's light and it's bright and it makes me happy. Yeah. And before it would have just been even more crushing because it was dark and dreary and I hated it. Right, right. I mean, I can speak to the fact that I have, I think, three of your pieces in my house. And uh, the biggest one is in my entry. So it's something that we pass through every day because we come down the stairs and, you know, we pass right through it. And that piece makes me so happy that I'm so thankful <laughs> that I have it. And then beyond that, we I have two of your smaller pieces in our den. And, and I mean, every time I look at them, I'm just happy. It's um, I think it's such an important thing that you know, like you said, maybe people don't realize that they have a feeling towards art or design in general, um, but they actually do. And um, I think it's just so fascinating that that can actually improve your mood. Yeah, it's a really, it's just an interesting thing. It's interesting neurologically. It's interesting from an emotional standpoint. It just, there are changes that happen when you surround yourself with beautiful things. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think both of us are just happy as can be to be a part of that in other people's lives. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the best things about what I do is the transformation process and seeing how it not only transforms the space, but it transforms the people. It really, really, really does. And I think that is the biggest reward for what I do every day. And I know that you feel the same way. You know, when people say your work makes me happy, I mean, that's just the biggest compliment. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And I, have, you. you know, I love talking to you. Of course, we, you know, we talk all the time. So um, this has been great and really appreciated and stay healthy and keep everybody safe. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was it was good. Just uh, it was a really good exercise just to go through those questions. Yeah. Help me kind of process all of this, um, you know, and here I am processing it still out loud but I think um, I think a lot of what was said tonight are are shared by all the other people that are going through this so yeah yeah misery does love company (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. I totally agree (laughs) well thank you Wendy I appreciate it have a good night all right you too Thank you for listening to the Design Direction Podcast. For more information and links to my guests, check out the show notes. And if you want more information about me, visit my website at www.compassdesignservices.com.